0: Let's talk about site analysis. It's something that we all do, something that's very necessary for an architecture project, something that is often miscommunicated and done improperly. So let's take a look at how we can do site analysis the proper way and avoid making the mistakes that we often make. In one of my previous videos, the site analysis course for beginners, you would have noticed that I talked about how we quite often do site analysis just to tick the boxes, it's something that we feel like we have to do so we just do it for the sake of doing it. But This is probably the first mistake that I see architecture students make when doing site analysis. If you're doing a site analysis for the sake of just doing an analysis so you can tick a box and say that it's done, if it's a requirement for your assessment and you just wanna get it out the way so that you can move on to designing, you're doing yourself a disservice because site analysis is the first and key thing to get making sure that you have a successful architecture concept if you're doing a site analysis just rocking up to the site and you're taking a few notes looking where the sun is and then leaving and calling it a day well you're missing out on a lot of valuable information and if you're not taking anything away from your initial site analysis you're definitely missing out on a lot of key information so that's the first mistake that I often see architecture students making when it comes to site analysis is that They're often including a lot of irrelevant and unnecessary information in their site analysis because they're doing it for the sake of doing it. A successful site analysis is going to have only the things that are important to your design, only the things that actually influence your design inside that site analysis and then using your site analysis as a way to create your first initial ideas. your concept. So what I mean by this is that if you're showing which way the wind is coming from, something that a lot of site analysis shows, but you're not actually taking anything from that wind analysis, you're just kind of putting it on the page and then, you know, not referring back to it at any point in time ever, then what's the point of having a wind analysis in there? If you're not orienting your building as a design move um, around, you know, which way the wind is coming on the site, well then, what's the point of having it in your site analysis what's the point of showing this to a client you know quite often a client will be paying you a lot of money in the real world to do an architecture project if you're doing a site analysis and you're showing them which way the wind's coming from where the public transport is which way the noise is coming from but you're just kind of putting it on a piece of paper and then never ever talking about that again They're going to be thinking, why the fuck are we paying to have someone tell us something that we can already know, something that we can find out ourselves? A lot of people do show you know which way the noise is coming from, but if you're not orienting your building and zoning the quiet spaces away from these noisy places, if you've got quiet places or bedrooms or something, you want them to be as far away from the noise as possible. So are you actually using that as a design move or are you just explaining where the noise is coming from for the sake of doing it? So that's the first mistake. A lot of people include unnecessary information and don't refer back to it. And that's my first tip for you as well is to only show what is relevant and then use that to influence your design. It might be a cliche, but less is more. You don't wanna show all this unnecessary information, especially if you're showing this to a client, if you're showing this to your teacher or anything, it's still not worth showing all this unnecessary information that is not even relevant to your project. Make sure that you're only showcasing the most important stuff that you're actually taking information from and using for your design moves. And that leads into the second mistake that I see architecture students making when it comes to site analysis. And that is that it isn't graphically communicated well. Quite often I see a site analysis which is just a bombardment of different information and um, all the stuff that I was just previously talking about, it's just bombarded onto a sheet usually over the top of a site plan which i want to talk a little bit more about in the next step as well but it's usually just a bombardment of stuff over the site plan and it can get extremely hectic and you might not know what's going on especially if you're showing this to a client they can't read architectural drawings as well as architects can obviously so if you're just showing them a mess a bomb of information then it's going to be difficult for them to determine what's important and what you're actually trying to show them so to make sure that you've got a clear well graphically produced site analysis you want to make sure that you have a simple color scheme usually two to three colors at the most and then to use these colors with different opacities, different line weights to create a hierarchy in your site analysis to determine what is the most important information and then to use those opacity and line weight kind of features to then showcase those prioritized things. This goes for any architectural drawing. You always, always, always want to use a hierarchy to, de- to showcase and demonstrate what the most important information is in that drawing. Um, in this case, in your site analysis, what is the most important things? and then also what are some of the things that don't matter for example i often see architecture students having their site plan and they'll show all the roof drainage and they'll show where the um, noise is coming from and the public transport and all the walk walking paths and they'll show the vegetation and the the all this just different things and a lot of this information is shown in other drawings anyways what i'll usually do is go into photoshop and then drop the opacity of anything that's not actually I'm not anything that I'm not actually focusing on I'll drop the opacity of and straight away you can see that it brings your focus when you're looking at the site analysis on the things that you're trying to show the most important things that you are trying to convey another thing is that you don't want to be using blocks of text you just want headings and then you want diagrams and sketches and all of this stuff to show you what you're trying to show so by organizing your site analysis with a hierarchy then you're drawing the audience's attention to what is most important you can then use headings to organize that information into a succinct and clear demonstration of what you're trying to show let your sketches let your diagrams and let your drawings do the talking you don't need blocks of text you might have great information and really important things to show but if you're not graphically communicating it well, then that stuff gets lost. So that is the second mistake that I've seen architecture students make when doing site analysis. They're not graphically communicating what they're trying to show well enough that it's clear and succinct. And so that's my second tip to go into Photoshop change out the hierarchy and change the opacity and the line weights of anything that you're not wanting to show any information in that drawing that isn't necessary or shown on another drawing for example the roof water drainage and stuff like that that's going to be shown on the roof plan you don't necessarily need to show it in the site analysis strip that stuff away from the site analysis and keep it not necessarily minimalistic but make sure that you're only showing what you need to show. So the third mistake that I've seen architecture students make when it comes to site analysis is that it's quite often done as a first-hand task. It's done as a pre- preliminary task that once done is never looked back on and i think that's also a very big missed opportunity your site analysis can give you so much information to work with and it doesn't just stop once you've handed up your site analysis to the client or to your teacher for your project site analysis runs through the entire project the entire design phase maybe not you know construction and um, documentation but it's going to run through that entire design phase Whenever you're considering about how your building is oriented or where some of the internal spaces are going, you're going to think back to that initial site analysis, and you're going to think, hmm, which where is the sun in the sky in winter or in summer, and where is the wind coming from? Where are the where is the noise pollution coming from? How is how do you get to the building um, via public transport? So you may want the entrances to be on that side of the building where most people are coming from from public transport. Stuff like this, you're going to be thinking about this stuff all throughout your project and that's gonna constantly come back to your site analysis and you're going to need to keep that in the back of your mind through the entire project and refer back to it. This comes back to that first point that we made. If you're doing a site analysis for the sake of it and you're not taking anything from it, then it's a waste. But if you do it properly and you take design moves from it, those design moves can come at any time in the design phase. It might not just be in that first two weeks where you're doing site analysis or the first two days or first day because In the real world site analysis isn't a very big part of a project but it is something that once done you can constantly refer back to and by having a really good understanding of your site it's going to really propel your project into the next level so that's the third mistake is that students often take site analysis as a preliminary task and they'll just leave it and they'll forget about it once it's done but that's my next tip is to take that site analysis, keep it in the back of your mind the entire time you're designing your project and you're going to see so many different ideas and concepts and creations come from that site analysis because it really, really does play a big part in the design and if you're not thinking about your site analysis while designing your building, it's just a wasted opportunity and your site's not gonna fit into the context well and it's not gonna be sustainable or passively designed, anything like this. So make sure you keep it in the back of your mind and that leads into the fourth mistake that architecture students make which is that they often limit their site analysis to a site plan every site analysis i see especially in architecture school is done overlaid on a site plan you know you have your sun path you have the wind direction and the noise and that's all overlaid on a site plan and that works it does work because it's a site analysis you're looking at the full site Don't get limited to just a site plan. Make sure you're using sketches and diagrams and other drawings to tell your site analysis story. As you're doing your site analysis, maybe you're doing it on a site plan but then when you're thinking of site moves, for example, cross ventilation in your building, you can then take that to a section and start showing that in section and you can overlay that on your site plan or you can do your site analysis in an axonometric view, in a perspective or something like that. It doesn't have to be a site plan. And there are a lot of successful ways to do site analysis which is not limited to a site plan. The best site analyses are often done with other modes of communication, whether it be diagrams, sketches, animations, temporal media, film, anything like this. Being able to describe your site in a way that isn't just an overlay of information on a site plan it really shows that you've thought deeply about it and it can create some really good opportunities for a design. Exploring your site in a way that isn't two-dimensional in a site plan, that's gonna come with a lot of great ideas for you to work with. If you're still struggling with site analysis, feel free to check out my site analysis course here on YouTube. That link is going to be up above. I'm not too sure which side, so I'm gonna go both sides there. Until next time, guys, take care and be well.